All right, this is Jared again with this Lefty's Precision Rifle Podcast. This is episode 12, and I've got Greg Harris on. So we're going to talk to Greg, and then uh, if we got enough time, we're going to talk some uh, some gear, what he brings to a match and start getting into that stuff for the newer shooters. So, Greg, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. So first, we'll get the original, the first thing out of the way here. Who's Greg Harris? How do you how do you pay for your, uh, your precision rifle precision rifle addiction? Is what I like to call it. Is it'd probably be cheaper if I was on on drugs or doing something else. Is what I'm always joking with my buddies. But what do you do for a living? Who is who is Greg Harris? Let let the folks know. So my name is Greg Harris. I live uh, just south of Abilene, Kansas. Um, married to Mariah. Been married for oh, about a year and a half now. So we're still doing still doing some kind of some newlywed stuff. Haven't been at it too long, but. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a crop insurance agent. Um, my parents own a crop insurance agency, so I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not really in the industry. I just love shooting precision rifles. Um, I also have a second job. I, you know, I work for a company called Agrico Power that uh, we, can, we can tune semi-trucks and ag equipment and, um, you know, upgrade them in power, make them more efficient. They run smoother. So that's, that's really what pays for for my, uh, you know, the precision rifle game that I'm, I'm in pretty deep now in. So I, I get to keep most all of those paychecks and then the, the crop insurance paycheck goes home to the wife, keeps her happy. So it's a, it's a bit of a balance and it gets pretty busy for me, but, uh, I love doing all of it and I especially love shooting precision rifles. So it's pretty driven to, to work, to be where I want to be. Yeah. yeah I knew about the, uh, the insurance, Agent, I didn't know about the tuning piece. I've got, well, I don't have any farm equipment, but I, I've got a diesel truck that I've had tuned. And of course, talked to Taylor before about combines and stuff like that. So I didn't know yeah, that that's, side of it. That's pretty interesting. That's kind of where I got started with it. So before I was, I used to have a different hobby. Just you know, three years ago, I was deep in. I had a Duramax that was hopped up, and you know, tuning it. You know, doing turbos and maxing out stuff and you know, that's where I spent all my free money then but uh you know kind of got tired of it after about five years and um you know during that time I got in with this company called Agarico Power and started tuning that stuff for other people and um it's it's, it's done well the word spreading so well, it's not, yeah, have to... keep shooting so yeah well to hook it up or if you guys got a Facebook page or whatever, I'll tag it on here. Yep. Yep. Get some info out for you. He was obviously middle of Kansas. There's a lot of agriculture and, and farmers and whatnot that we shoot with and everything else. So. Yep. Yep. That's right. We we're, we we're talking a little bit off air about your, your hunting trip, but that brings me to my next ones. when did you, when did you start shooting rifles, just rifles in general? So when I, I mean, I guess my first, I, I started, like most people started out with a BB gun and uh, probably about seven years old. Uh, my, both my parents were originally teachers. So we lived in town and then when I was seven, we moved to the farm and dad took the crop insurance over and, and the farm. And so that really opened up the possibilities of what I could do in my backyard on, you know, a couple thousand acres. So the, uh, started there and then, you know, mom's always had a garden. So 
not too long after that, I started shooting 20 gauge shotguns at, you know, rabbits and that moved on to a 22, make it a little harder. And, um, you know, I've hunted off and on. I'm not a, I'm not a huge hunter. I do, um, I do enjoy doing it. I'm just not as avid as some people are about it, but, um, shot some, shot some nice deer and, you know, it kind of just, when I got rid of my, my truck hobby, it, I was looking for something else to do and I said, well, being good with a rifle sounds kind of fun. So that kind of started the spiral, the very big spiral out of control into the PRS game. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I'm kind of the same boat. I got that Cummins and I've, I've had it for six or seven years now. And yeah, I, I tuned it and it's a manual. So I put a bigger clutch, started working on it, leveling it. And that was my next idea was, Oh, I'm going to second gen swap it and, put a bigger turbo on it. Well, then I needed injectors. Then I need more fuel. They go, oh, shit, this is getting too expensive. I'll get into something else. And that's kind of like, yeah, I'll get into rifles. That's not, that's not too crazy. Well, did I, <laughs> yeah. did I only, did I not know what I was getting into? So yeah, now I got, I don't know. It might've been cheaper just to start, keep playing with the truck. But. Yeah. I used to have, a, I, well, I still have a spreadsheet on every penny I spent on that pickup and it's, I haven't ever showed my wife it because it's pretty scary. <laughs> I'd done everything that I pick up except built the motor. I was on the ragged edge and it, it just burnt out. I, I got, you know, one bad part that was, couldn't, couldn't make it work right. And it just flipped a switch like that. And I was tired of it and I sold it. So, and don't, don't really regret it anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I can't say it's any, any better or worse than precision rifles, but yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just got so many hobbies and they're all money pits. I don't have a cheap hobby whatsoever. But yeah, but yeah, same same boat. I didn't realize he was into all that. So that the the shooting rifles piece obviously brings us into the precision rifle. So how long have you been shooting pre precision rifle and and when did that get started? So my first, well, in the summer of 2018, I guess the spring of 2018, I bought a Savage 110 Tactical. And I thought that would that would do everything I needed to do for what I was because I didn't I didn't know absolutely anything about the PRS or the NRL or even if there was matches or classes or anything I just just started shooting doing it on my own and um, Tyler Kaufman is a is a good buddy of mine and I was sending him Snapchats at groups at 100 yards that are were absolutely I mean thinking back on it now they're absolutely terrible I mean awful and he's like you need to come over and and shoot with me sometime we'll get we'll get those narrowed down and you know we probably within a month we were banging steel at 600 and that was that you know opened my eyes uh, just it was instant addiction I want to do more of that every every day if I can um so from there we we took some classes through match grade precision together um, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But start of 2019, I went to the prone party that they had in February or March. And then I went to the positional party. They weren't for score or anything, but those were my first two matches I shot down at, uh, I guess it's STC now. But, uh, and then of course, if anybody remembers the 2019 baseline match was my first first match for points and the wind blew 40 mile an hour most of the day. So that was, that was an eye opener as well. So, but it's, it's been a lot of fun getting into it and getting started and the 
constant learning process. You know, I'm not afraid to go and read about anything. So um, there's all kinds of information I can dive into. Yeah. What what caliber was that Savage that you bought? That you it was a six six five Creed, and it 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 was the one the one ten tacticals you buy now actually will take AICS mags, but mine was one of the last ones that had Savage mags, and uh, that was probably one of the biggest drawbacks is I had one mag that would feed 10 reliably, but I have to start with my finger on top of that first round. Cause if I set the gun down too hard, that first one would pop out and sit on top. So, um, you know, it, it shot well. I mean, I put 3,200 and some odd rounds on it. So I got every, every bit of good out of that rifle. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that was kind of my same story too. I bought a Savage Six Five, and I bought one of the the stealth, whatever the, the higher end, I guess, of the regular stealth. But yeah, Magpul magazines. I thought I was good to go, and then yeah, come to find out, they, sometimes they fed and sometimes they didn't. You can't adjust the mag lips on them, so yeah, I was, yeah, I was in the same boat. I thought, yep, this is all I need. But same thing, I went out to Conway at the time, STC now, and never shot past a couple hundred yards and I start shooting, hitting 600, 700, 800. And I, oh man, I'm hooked. So I think I'm also one of those shooters that started out with MOA scopes. Oh, I guess yeah. we'll get that. We'll get that when we talk about gear, but that yeah. was not the, not the best choice. And so, yeah. yeah. So, so that brings us into what are you shooting now? I think you definitely uh, upgraded. A, a yeah. Yeah. So the end of 2019, I, I built my first, or I had uh, Jake sure SFS customs. He built me a, my first competition rig, but, and it's changed even since the beginning of this year. Right now I'm running an impact, six uh, BRA in a Bartling barrel um, foundation tangent theta on top. Um, I've got it weighted with an area 419 weighted rail, um, and a Harris bipod right now. So it's, it's copy and paste to what the guys down in Oklahoma use. So, yeah, well, yeah, well you can't talk and quite a few shooters up here in Kansas too. So, yeah. yeah, you can't talk much smack about the Oklahoma guys. They obviously have something figured out. <laughs> yeah. It's right. the wind, it's the rifle set up or something because yeah, they, they're hard to beat, but yeah, that's what I was talking to some of the other guys, Chris and Chad, we chat back and forth almost every day and it's always precision rifle stuff. But, but yeah, we're talking about, uh, about stocks and how it's kind of, uh, regionally based, you know, the Midwest is a lot of foundations and impacts. You go to East coast then you're looking at like MPAs and there's a lot of manners in the Midwest too, because they're obviously a Midwest company. Yep. And you go out West and there's a, there's a lot of the, <clears throat> a lot of the other, not even stocks really. It's a lot more uh, chassis out there that, so it's, it's just, it's cool how it's, uh, how it's regional. And a lot of people are just, you know, supporting their local companies. So. Yeah. And you know, I started with an MPA and I don't have absolutely anything bad to say about them. Um, I shot the Punisher with John Kyle Truitt who owns foundation down there. And you know he's, he's there, you know, their whole family is just, great you know great to be around they you know his wife takes pictures of everybody running foundations at every match they go to and that uh 
I've always liked the way a foundation looked. So that kind of put me over the edge to go ahead and get one coming. So, yeah. So yeah, that's one of my questions at the end. I was going to ask you what you've, what you've done or bought PRS based, but that's, I'll go that's ahead. And beans yeah. now. I, I'm shooting an MPA and I, I've talked to John Kyle and Amy and, and my daughter and I were uh, RO in that box Canyon match out at Ryan's. Yep. And yeah, like, and they were at the Punisher as well. I saw them out there, but they bring the whole brood. Like it's a whole, it's a family ordeal. So I've been talking to John Kyle. I've got a foundation on the way. So I'm joining the awesome family, you know, the whole Midwest deal. But yep, yep. I've talked to John Kyle and Amy, kind of spilling the beans. I hope I can get it done. But I'm going to try and get them on episode two. Cool, cool. Be, That'd be awesome. The nicest folks I've ever met. We we're out there Friday and they pull up in his uh, excursion, but of course he's got he's got a coming swap. So yeah, yeah. He, he told me about that at the Punisher too. So yeah, we got plenty to talk about. And he they end up buying out. I can't remember if it was Oklahoma or if it was up here in Kansas. They stop at a grocery store and end up buying out all the hot dogs and broths this grocery store had. Oh and really? Fed everybody Friday night. Just pulling up, pulled out their their fire pit and just fed everybody. Nothing. You didn't have to shoot a foundation. You didn't have to be shooting the match. They just, if you were around and you were hungry, they, you know, so it's just, just That's super awesome. people, you know, just good, good folks. So yeah, they, they kind of got me too. It wasn't, obviously I like the way they look and always hear about the way they absorb recoil and, and all this, but that didn't even, that wasn't even the selling point. You no, know, it's just, they are a cool family that are just nice as could be the nicest people you'd ever meet. So definitely going to try and get them on. So give them a little pressure mentioning it on here. <laughs> They're busy though, boy. They, they do a lot of shooting too. They, they travel all over. Yeah, they sure do a lot. So yeah, that's cool. We got a lot of, we got a lot of stuff in common going on here. Um, so next one. So just for the listeners that, that may not know who you're at, who you are or how you shoot because you've been shooting lights out. Where, where do you consider yourself on the, uh, and I use the PRS ranking just because that's what's easy to, you know, amateur marksman, semi-pro pro, where do you put yourself in that ranking? Well, this was a, this was a bit of a tough question for me cause I'm not, I'm not ever probably going to tell you I, I'm a pro. I, I don't, I don't brag on myself too much. I, what I wrote down is in between marksman and semi-pro, I guess what I'm ranked what I'm ranked under the the pro series in the PRS, I'm, I'm listed as a semi pro, but you know, there there's days that I make, you know, amateur type mistakes on stages. So, I mean, there's always, and that's what I found out this year. There's a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm still learning even two years in and, and, you know, I've shot the best I ever have this year in terms of one day matches and, you know, Southwind, I really stepped it up too, but I still had some, Still had some amateur type mistakes, um, which we can we can talk about that too if you want to. The yeah, I definitely story like story behind the day before the south wind started and and everything else because it was kind of a whirlwind. Yeah, that, we're definitely trying, and it, that's one of the things I've brought up before that I'll bring. I'll mention all the mistakes I've made just because if I can keep somebody else from making the same mistake or messing up the same way I did, then I think it's a personally I think it's a win if I can keep someone else from for making those mistakes, but yeah. I, I would definitely, I asked Chad and Chris this when I had them on, you know, the kind of the who is Chad and who is Chris. And yeah, I, I would definitely put you at semi-pro if they're not pro. I think everybody, and I, I think that's, that's a piece of PRL. Like there's some, everybody's so humble and willing to help you out that 
I know there are some guys and I've talked to them and I know who they are, but, and they're top shooters, but I think everybody's going to kind of downplay where they're at because there are some just monster shooters out there, you know, that, that were going like, well, Clay, that one, I, a two day match, they dropped 20 for the whole, I mean, there's some, there's some awesome shooters, but yeah, you're definitely, you've been killing it. And I definitely put you at least at semi-pro because I saw with it, we got squatted together at that great planes match. And yeah, man, you were just, you and, and Jake and Ben, I mean, they were just killing it. So that was cool. Thank I, you. I like to watch, just watching you guys and see how you guys approach it is, is cool for me because I'm learning all the time. Just if, even if I'm sitting back and not even asking any questions, you know, so. But yeah, you you've definitely been killing it. So hopefully nothing nothing but the best, and you keep on going. Yeah, we're gonna try to finish this season out pretty strong. So we'll we'll see how it plays out, and I'm gonna give it my best. Yeah. What what else? It's kind of off the cuff here. What else you got planned for the rest of the year as far as matches or or shooting? Well, um, to be honest with you, after I'd already kind of made up my mind, I wasn't gonna shoot any more two day matches. Um, after the south wind shootout so that's that's why i wasn't down at uh down at uh, twin peaks for their nrl two day uh, just my first two two day matches i went down to texas and shot one i ended up not shooting very well and i didn't shoot very well at the punisher kind of redeemed myself at south wind but i i think i'm going to hit quite a few more two day matches next year and try to you know try to put the mental aspect of a two day match together um, in place. Well, probably pursue that, but I guess I'd kind of already convinced myself I was done with two day matches. And um, so I'm not probably won't see me at another, another national level match. Um, There's as far as one day matches, I'm pretty, pretty driven to, to, to finish well in the Midwest region this year. Um, The, there's, you know, next weekend down at Twin Peaks, there's that two-man KPRC match. I'll be there. Um, the weekend after that, I'm, I'll, I'll be at a wedding, so I won't be – I can't remember if there's one that weekend or not. Um, then there's one at Dressel the week before the KPRC finale, and I think I might go out and shoot that just to just to go shoot, stay on the rifle. Um don't don't get lazy towards the end of the season here. So I'll be there, and then of course the KPRC finale, and then the, I'll, I'll be headed up to the Midwest Region finale um, whenever they come out with details for that. So are you? That's the one. Is that in? Is that the one in? Uh, is it in Wisconsin this year? I think it is. Um, I don't. I don't know 100% of the details. They haven't haven't really come out with any of that yet. But yeah, wherever it's at, hopefully they don't have any. Weird stuff going around, on around, you know, COVID or anything, so we can still have that match. But wherever it's at, I'll, I'll definitely be there. So, I think I was talking to Chris. I think Chris plans on going up there. Cool. Yeah, cool. That, that always, that always sounds interesting to me. Just especially getting out of the state, shooting different ranges that you had never shot. That's, it's still just kind of all, all new and interesting and fun to me to shoot different, different places. So, good luck, good luck on that on it. Hopefully, you guys both tear it up up there thank you um let's see what was i where was i oh on your uh i had a question on your rifle so you're shooting vra what are you shooting for uh, projectiles and and uh what speed are you shooting uh let's well uh, right now i'm shooting 105 hybrids um i out of the bra um they're running 2850 ish they're pretty slow uh, but 
when I do load development, it's, it's not so much about speed for me as it is, you know, the consistency and that rifle really shoots. It's, you know, proven out to 600 and 1100 yards, putting pretty tight groups together. Um, I'm not afraid to, to shoot the 103 vapor trails. I shot quite a few of those uh, in the past. They're kind of almost a secret. There's not too many people that shoot them, but man, they really, they're really consistent. Um, and they, I guess the last, last time I shot those, um, they were 2830 when I was fire foreman for the South wind. So kind of slow and consistent is what I'm after anymore. I'm not really chasing speed and kind of just following what the guys, you know, Clay Blackett, or if you've listened to any podcast with him, he's, he's not worried about speed at all. Um, so I've, I've shot a GT at, used to shoot a GT and I ran those one of threes at 30, 40 and it hammered, but, uh, it barrel life kind of, kind of shrunk down quite a bit when yeah. I, when I, when I started shooting that fast. So. Yeah, that's the same. I, yeah. You mentioned clay. I listened to clay and Tate and like Jake Vibbert. Those guys, yeah, they're all shooting us. The small six mils, you know, the BRs, BRAs, dashers. And yeah, they're low twenties. I think Vibbert's even like, 27 something sometimes with yeah 27 75 i know clay shot shot there before um it's just the consistency you're not you're not you don't have a an aggressive recoil impulse and it always does what you expect it to do so yeah yeah so, so that's why I'm, I'm shooting the br right now i'm going to switch to dasher next year but yeah i'm shooting them at like 2800 105 hybrids just trying to stay slow and kiss consistent. It, it shoots lights out. So I know whenever, it, whenever it misses, it's me. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you don't got to worry about, you know, every once in a while we shoot in the rain and your ammo gets wet and you don't, you're never going to have a pressure issue or, yeah. you know, fighting a sticky bolt is one sure way to, to really mess up your rhythm in a match. So that's kind of why I've, I've dropped it down and, not chasing speed anymore. So, yeah. Are you going you gonna to stick with the BRA then? You think that's going to be your your caliber of choice for the next how long? Yeah. Well, um, when I when I got the brass the day before the south wind, I bought a thousand pieces of the same lot. So, um, you know, if if I get half the life that Derek Love gets out of his BRA brass. I'll be shooting it for five or six years on the same lot of brass. So I was gonna say, yeah, you definitely, yeah, but it's not, yeah, like you're talking about. If you aren't pushing them hard, it's not hard on brass at all. Nope, it sure isn't. Cool. I didn't, I didn't know you shoot. I, I think I, I knew you were shooting GT at one time or at the beginning of the year. I didn't. Well, we talked to Great Plains. I knew you switched over up there, but I didn't realize you got you switched and start slowing it down a little bit. Yeah. yeah, so I, I guess I'll spill the story. Uh, a lot of the word kind of got around pretty quick. So the, the the week before the Southwind shootout, we spun a new barrel, GT barrel, um, on my – I was shooting a Bighorn TL3 at that time. And uh, it spun a new barrel on. I went back and, you know, I was breaking in the barrel and I had some, some light loads. And um, for whatever reason, I don't know – the I couldn't get it to extract. I was having extraction issues even on extremely light loads. And so I mean we kind of 
I was shooting it all week and I thought, well, maybe I'm not sizing it right. Um, being a new barrel. So we bumped it back and bumped it back and we were getting kind of excessive on the, on our, our shoulder bump and, you know, nothing was fixing it. So Friday morning I walked into Jake's shop up there and said, I can't shoot this this weekend. I mean, I'm not going to fight extraction issues. It doesn't, doesn't, just isn't going to pan out very well. So at nine o'clock, we started making phone calls. We got Jesse McClellan was kind enough to loan me his reamer. So we had a, we had a reamer. Um, so at that point I drove up there, got the reamer, drove back. Jake had the barrel in the, in the, uh, in the lathe already. And he'd cut, about an inch off of that barrel. We were just going to shove a reamer in it and start over. So I, I had uh, purchased an impact. I was already thinking of going to impact. So we had the, had the ability to, to go ahead and make that switch then. And at that point I just drove to, there's a place uh, west of, over there west of Jake's shop that is a, had a, had BR brass in stock, fortunately, and they had a thousand pieces. So I was like, don't sell that box. I'm coming to get it. I'll be there in an hour. Um, so he, we got that done. We got it all put back together. I go home and, you know, I was messaging Derek Love because he shoots a BRA and, you know, I've taken his reloading class. So I knew he'd have some data to go off of. He told me a, a powder charge to drop. I dropped Oh, 20 or 30 rounds, zeroed it, um, shot out to, I, I true my data at 1100 yards. It grouped well and came back and I tested it and shot those 30 rounds and I went to loading. So oh, before that match, there was 30 rounds on a, a BRA. Those, so, I mean, you know, I was hoping you walk into that match and you, you haven't been shooting it for, you know, six weeks ahead of time or, or whatever going into that kind of blind, but man, it, it was consistent all weekend and ended up finishing 12 fire foreman, fire foreman brass. And, you know, it, it worked out well. The only reason I, I was in set up to be top 10, but when you forget to take the wind off of your gun, when you shoot, shoot a stage, that'll yeah. come back to bite you at some point. So, um, that that's my mental mistake. That's part of the reason I, I, I say that there, there's stages out there that I, I act like an amateur, like I haven't been doing it for a little while. So. Yeah. Did, so did you have to, uh, did you bump your speed up at all in your Kestrel or whatever you're using during the match at all, or did you just keep it the same? No, nope. I, I, I ran the speed that my lab radar got me when I was zeroing it. Um, and it, of course, that barrel already had 250 rounds on it trying to get the GT figured out, so I keep shooting. So it was broke in, and, you know, I ran that ran that same speed, and it, it hammered all weekend. So Dang. Is it sometimes you just got to start in chaos mode, and, and there's several stories that that I've got that, you know, doing doing stuff last minute. I'm trying to get to the point where I'm not, not putting that much pressure on Jake anymore, but – man, he's taking care of me well. So, yeah. He, well, he told me one, one of the stories when I had him on about, you'd probably heard it, that you guys had ordered a, a sleeve or something for a reamer that ended up 
cost them three times or whatever for shipping it. <laughs> yeah, that was the, it was a sleeve for the reamer for, um, when I reload, I use a Arbor press and then the, you know, the, the dye that goes along with that. And we needed a different, different, uh, bushing for that reamer to make it, make it work right. So had to have it before the following weekend. I think it was the week after Southwind. So we're just, you know, I'm, I, one of these days he's going to say, no, I think you're just going to have to make it work. So, yeah, I, well, I don't know if, I don't know if Jake would be able to do that. <laughs> That's the thing. He's, he's too nice. He, he'll be, help, he'll be helping everybody he can, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's great. But yeah, that was one of the stories he had mentioned. So I had, I had to see if I could get that one out of you, but you got a good chuckle telling that one. So let's, let's see, what's the, the best shooting advice you've, you've been given since you, I mean, you, what, two years into it now, what's the best shooting advice you've been given? Burnout barrels, lots of them. Practice, practice, practice. Who give you, who give you that? I, I can almost guess who, who told you. Uh, Derek Love has said it to me multiple times. Yeah. So, I mean, even at that, the Great Plains, last Great Plains match, we were talking about 22 trainers and, you know, two, two, three trainers. And he's like, man, just burnout barrels. You got to have confidence in your match rifles. So Jake's been trying to get me into the 22 game and I've been talking about, you know, a two, two, three actually improved, but I think I'm just gonna, just gonna stick to burning out barrels. So. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was wondering because Derek's told me the same thing. I've, I've asked around about training rifles and trying to set them up the same, but a different caliber. Yeah. That's exactly what he's told me is I took the reloading class too match grade and took it out at his place and my brother went with me and I was, I was asking me, he's like, yeah, just a barrel is a consumable, I think is what he told me. Yep. Just bullets and everything else. That if you want to get used to something, then keep it keep it the same and just keep on running it. So I'm kind of doing it. I'm, I'm stocked up now. I got a couple of dasher barrels coming. And yep. Too many bullets. And barrels are tires. They're consumables. So. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of that, how – how are you on supplies? Supplies are getting kind of low. I, I, I might do an episode one of these days with, with Chris or something. Chris, obviously he owns Kansas Arms Supply, so he's been doing a lot of research and, and digging. And it looks like some of these, you know, primers and sometimes powders are starting to go. What, what have you got going on there? Have you, you got a good stockpile? Are you getting worried about your supplies? Um, as far as, you know, bullets, if you're shooting 105 burgers and you've got somebody, you know, that's a dealer, I don't feel like you're really – going to fight to find them. Um, one of the things that Derek um, talked about, because I've taken his reloading class as well, he talked, you know, buy in increments for an entire barrel at a time or multiple barrels. So I'm finally at the point where I can start doing that. So, you know, I've I've got bullets for next year on order ever already. Um, brass will be fine there for quite a while. Um, I'm actually sitting on quite a bit of Argit. Um, I started buying it up when I started shooting GT. Um, any, cause I mean, Bargit is hard to find. Everybody knows that. So I started anywhere I could get it. You know, I, I got it. If it was buying 40 pounds and one pounders, I bought it. So I've got, I've got a fair amount enough to get through next year at least. So, um, and I, I noticed there was a Facebook post today from Powder Valley saying they'd have a Hodgson shipment tomorrow. So if this, if you get this out tonight, uh, I guess everybody in the 
<laughs> listen to this, you got a little insider, well, I guess not insider information, but be on the lookout for Powder Valley to have, have some, I think they'll have some bargain. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty good about posting it up, but once they post it up, you better be on top of it. Yeah. In fact, you mentioned that I, I sold you Varga. We met in Conway because I had Varga because I was going to, was I, I kept Varga because I was going to do, I was going to shoot BRA or something. I went with the BR or I had it for my BR. 4895 was shooting better. So I, I had a stockpile of that. I sold the Varget and then hell, now I switched to Dasher and I went out and bought myself some more Varget because yeah. you know, it's almost one of those where anymore, the way I think, once I buy it, I keep it because there's, there's a good chance I'm either going to need it or the calibers I shoot, I try to shoot calibers that, that like different powders that I can make different powders work. So mm-hmm. I need to stop selling that stuff off because then I just buy it back again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess as far as primers, you know, that's, that's the big scare right now. Um, I, I actually, I actually bought some off gun broker. I've kind of don't want to admit it because I, you know, if you look on gun broker, those uh, 450 CCIs are going for an absolute premium right now. Um, I did get some bought there and then uh, Midway, last night had primers for all of 15 minutes and I did get one 5,000 case pot there. So I think I'll be covered for next year if I don't, don't shoot more than 10,000 rounds, but um, they're scarce. I mean, I, I know Jake's got a, quite a few on, on order too. And, and he's talking about putting another order in. So when they, when they come back in stock, it, I mean, there's going to, there's going to be around, but I just don't know how long it's going to take to, to have them back in stock. Yeah, yeah, I I got in on that. I got to thank uh, Tyler Tyler Perry. I think he posted. Yeah, that's right. I got I definitely got to give him a shout out because I get on there and I see stuff out. In fact, I had five thousand sitting here, but I end up buying up so I can get through next year for sure. But yeah, no, I was because they only let you order one. So I was calling my brother in law. I called my brother. I was gonna have my wife order one. Kind of trick the system out a little bit and try to get a you know a little bit of a stockpile. But by the time I got the first phone call done, they were all gone. So they went quick. Same here. I ordered some and then I <clears throat> I text uh, my gunsmith. That's that's done up a couple uh, barrels for me. He's got a couple more on the way. I text him and by the time I text I ordered mine. Text him. He had texted back that they're already out of stock. So, yeah, it was like 10, 15 minutes. And however many they had, they're gone. But I ordered them. I just got them today. Like, you talk about fast shipping. I just got, I just got my primers in today. But, yeah. yeah, there's people talking to Chris on on the side. Kansas Arms Supply, he's getting emails and phone calls all day, every day. And, you know, 15, 20, 30 phone calls and emails just asking about primers and powder. Because, yeah, it's – it's huge shortage right now. So yeah, if you're not stocked up, in fact, he said that some of, some of the phone calls and emails he gets, people are talking about, they don't have any primer, like they aren't shooting any more, you know, matches because they don't, they don't have primers at all. Even other primers to just try and make a new load list. So yeah, I wondered how you, how are you doing? That's, I think that's a question I'm going to start asking is if you aren't stockpiled then you, you're trying to uh, beg somebody for them, you know? Yeah, I'm getting to the point where I'm going to try to stay at least a year ahead, if not more. Um, so that's it's hard to do when things are scarce like they are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what you're like, like we talked about, you're shooting lights out this year. 
doing real well. What, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started? Be prepared to spend more than you ever think you will. <laughs> uh, that's, I think everybody knows that. Um, I think the next thing is always have your next barrel ready to go. Um, Cause people talk about barrel life and it's kind of a, I don't know. It's going to be very, you're going to get a whole bunch of different answers. I had had a GT barrel go 2,800 rounds and the next one went 2000 before it started doing some funky stuff. So um, your gunsmith will appreciate it if you do one or, you know, two or more at the same time. And all, you know, all you got to do is spin it on, but and that kind of goes into the, the components and stuff. Just be prepared so you can keep shooting. Um, other than that, just, um, don't be afraid to burn out your barrels too. Just keep, yeah. keep shooting. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I ended up doing the same thing. Yes. I deployed last year, so I didn't get to shoot much last year at all, but yeah, I've got barrels and powder and primer and bullets and everything stockpiled. I stockpiled them this year for next year. Same thing. That it was just one of them things that kind of light bulb clicked and said, well, I better start piling. And that was before even any of the shortages, you know, so yeah. I'm yeah. definitely glad I did it now. So, but yeah, that's, that kind of leads us into your best advice you could give to a new shooter. You, I mean, it's probably going to be what you, what you'd already, already said to, between the advice that you had gotten and then, you know, what you know now you wish you knew, but yeah. Any, yeah. I've got, I've got a few different yeah. ones wrote down for that one. I kind of mixed my lines up in there, but um, best advice I think is come out, just come out and shoot don't be afraid to to do poorly because we all have done poorly that's part of the, the learning process and be sure to you know let everybody know it's your first match and you know hopefully you get in the squad or asked to be placed in a squad with a, you know someone that's been been doing it for two or three or four years and i think that's really gives you your best opportunity to you know progress your skills in this game as, as quickly as possible uh, and that kind of leads in to my next one is don't be afraid to ask for help or, or go to a class, take a class. Um, you know, I, I've taken three match grade precision classes and I took one with Jim C as well. So, um, I've, I haven't, I haven't done it all on my own by any means. So, um, best of, as far as gear is concerned, um, spend more money on good glass than you do on the rifle. Um, you know, I started with that Savage 110 tactical and at one point I had a, a night force attacker sitting on the top of it. So, I mean, it's kind of, kind of lopsided and pretty heavily in that, that example, but you know, I can, I can move that glass to, you know, I, I did move it to my next, my first custom rifle and, um, you know, the, the glass was great. Um, so you can, being able to see through Mirage and be able to see what the Mirage is doing or pick up fine details really, really will help you progress quicker. Um, you know, bring your scores up some. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things I've mentioned is that people always think they spend more on the rifle that I talk to people like, yeah, like at least for me, I've sold rifles. I haven't sold much glass because once I spend the money on the glass, it, it can bounce around just like you're saying from rifle yeah. to rifle. 
if it's decent glass, but rifles will end up coming and going, but that glass will end up staying. That's what I try to get across to people. And I was, I was the same way. I bought, I had a PST that I was using for a little while and I upgraded to a gen one razor and I have a gen two razor. So I just keep upgrading, but I, I've got everything but the PST, the PST funded the, the gen one razor, but now I have that on my backup gun. I got the gen two razor on my, my comp gun. So yeah, I kind of trying to get that across to people. And like I said, I didn't even understand it. And now I do. So I try to help other folks out with it, but yeah, spending, spending the money on glass. That's what people are like. Oh, well, it just needs to, I just need to be able to see you. Well, there's, there is quite a bit of difference. And you would obviously know you're shooting a, a tangent now, you know, you definitely know the difference in, in spending some money on some glass will definitely make a difference in the outcome. Yeah. And, you know, going from the tangent or from the, from the night force attacker, even to the tangent, there was a pretty big jump in, in terms of glass quality. I'm not saying anything negative about those night forces because they're, they're about bulletproof and they're really easy to get set up for your eye. Uh, but that tangent is just next level. I mean, the, the price is next level too, but um, it, you know, I, I don't see myself ever getting rid of a tangent for something else yeah. right now. I know, you know, this game changes every couple of years, it seems like. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're crazy. I've looked through one. I have a shot behind one, but I've, Rich was nice enough to let me look through his. We've got squatter together. He shot lights out of the box Canyon too. Yeah, Rich, let me look through one. We was uh, squatted together, and yeah, I mean, whew, it was crazy. Just like it, that uh, razor looks good, to, good to my eye. <clears throat> it's pretty clear, but just seeing the uh, mirage through that tent, I was like, man, it, it is crazy. It didn't even look. It didn't look real from what just going from my razor to that, and that's just looking off the bench. So yeah, it was it was it's crazy. I'd love to be able to save up and get one of those. Well, let's see what else. Oh, so you talked about some of this, um, but what do you currently do for training and, and practice? And then my next one was going to be the formal training. So we can kind of put those together. You've already mentioned some of them, but what do you do now to keep, keep up on shooting? Well, um, I'm fortunate enough to have a range right out my back door that I can, I can shoot out to not quite 1400 yards if I wanted to. So um, but I'll, to be 100% honest, most of my targets are set up at 350 yards, and that's where I do uh, a lot of my positional shooting. Um, and I also, you know, if I want to work on some, you know, fundamentals, I can lay down and, and, and shoot at 350 at some smaller targets too. But majority of the time, all of my barricade practice comes, you know, I shoot at a four-inch target at 350 yards. So getting your wobble down into a four inch zone at, you know, you know, a one MOA essentially zone out to, out to distance is what I've been focusing on here. Cause I'm working around farm ground and everything else. And that's kind of what I got. So it, uh, it's worked out well. Um, you can really, really focus on getting that wobble zone and, you know, you don't even have to shoot. You can, you can just practice getting into that position and getting your wobble zone and dry fire as well. And then, you know, then you can load up and, and do some manager recoil on top of that. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You shoot positional one MOA. Like that's why I talked to Beamer last one, you know, for the master director stuff, he said the majority of his positional stuff is going to be two MOA at least. So yeah, if you're out there practicing, I can definitely see that paying off because you're keeping that in, 
within a one MOA target, then you're, you're going to do pretty good come competition time. Yeah. And it, it makes the, makes the targets at, you know, at a match when they're two, two and a half, maybe even three MOA, it makes them seem a lot bigger. Um, but, you know, even on those big targets, you're trying to trying to center it up and, you know, hold a small point inside the center of that target. And it, it just reinforces that, that, uh, that skill you want to try and, and maintain at a match. So that's, that's why I practice that way. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. So what about your formal training? What, you, you talked about match grade and even Jim C. So you've obviously been some, some good classes between match grade and them. Um, what, without giving any of their secrets away, what, what did you take away? Like what helped you the most? Um, well, I guess it was kind of a, it was a bit of a process. So I started out the summer before I started shooting competitions. I took PRS one. So that gets you, from 300, I shot at Spearpoint with uh, Matt Howard and, and Chris Long were the instructors. And, you know, they were looking at, you know, what we were doing with our trigger finger and, and watching that. So that was a, a big benefit as far as your, your fundamentals are concerned. Um, and that, that, also, that also got me out to 12, 13, 1300 yards. And, you know, it was it was a confidence builder because everybody got hits out that far. So, you know, you can shoot that far. Um, from there, I took the, the PRS class with uh, Derek Love, two day one, and we worked on some wind calling um, and how to, how to react to the wind um, and adjust when you miss was a big one because we all miss. You've got to make a correction and, and come back on target. But, I mean, the biggest thing I, I take from all of the classes that I've, that I've taken is uh, they, can, they can get you 100% trained up to handle any barricade that you're going to come across. Um, but if I don't shoot for a month after that, I'm going to fall right back into my old habits. Um, that was one that, you know, Derek and Jim both – pushed pretty hard on us is you've got to go home and practice this and make it become a habit so that, you know, you're not, you're not going to fall back into your old ways of doing, doing some stuff that's going to make you miss. Yeah, that, that's one thing I've really noticed. It's, it's a perishable skill. Like if you aren't doing something, then I go back there. I was like, man, I, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be wobbling this much, but yeah, it's definitely perishable you aren't working on it, you know, dry fire, you know, dry fire at least, you know, something. Yep. That's right. That, that kind of takes me to my next one. Obviously you've done a lot more training than I have. If you can take precision rifle class from anyone. And like I said, you did Jim C's obviously a huge name match grade has trained up a lot of folks around here. Um, but if you could take precision rifle class from anyone, you know, two to three people, who would it be for, and why? Or would you just keep going back to match grade and, and Jim C? Is there no one else you'd want to? Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to take anything away from what match grade's doing because that definitely got, got me started. That got me the, the basics of what I needed to shoot positional and long range. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not afraid to take more classes. Um, I, I wouldn't mind taking one from the guys down in Oklahoma. I think it's JTAC. Yeah, what their, their name is. So, um, you know, the, those guys are 
shooting up there at the top all the time. I mean, it, it wouldn't bother me to go and, you know, see if, see if they have any, when you, when you get to a certain point, you're looking for little things, you know, it may be the, where you place your hands or how much pressure you have on the gun um, to, to really make that wobble zone shrink even more. Um, and I think taking classes, you just get a different, different perspective on things. Maybe simply the way somebody worded it that made it work better. Um, so them and, you know, Jake Vibbert and uh, John Pinch, if uh, that'd be it, that'd be a trip to go to that one. But if they were ever, ever around it, I wouldn't mind going and um, listening to the guy that won the AG cup for a few <laughs> days. So, yeah. yeah, I think, I think uh, as far as match grade precision is concerned, I think they're going to give you absolutely everything you need. Um, you know, Derek is an excellent shooter himself and, and he, he, you know, he walked us through all the barricades he had down at uh, Conway for that class. And it, it made a big difference on, you know, knee placement, which need to have up, you know, use your elbows, use your back to, to support yourself in different situations, bone on bone contact. Um, every bit of it, just soak it up as, as, as best as you can, which leads me, I, I, I wouldn't mind taking the precision reloading class again. Um, when I, when I did it, it was such a information overload that I feel like I could go and pick up some more from it because he's very knowledgeable when it comes to reloading equipment and uh, reloading processes to squeeze every bit of accuracy out of um, your rifle. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I need to go. I, I even took notebook, took notes, but I was shooting that savage at the time. He got, I was shooting that savage and up, shooting at a 600 yard board and had it under three inches. So I had it under shooting under half MOA with him for basically one day. So yeah, I'd like to get out there and do it again, take my competition rifle and really yep. help me just squeeze every bit of it. That, yep. Uh, yep. And that helps you build your confidence in your rifle. You know, everybody talks about, we want to eliminate as many variables when you're shooting matches as possible. And that's part of the reason I'm, you know, running an impact action and, and, you know, foundation, it's even bedded. I know you don't have to do that with a, with a foundation, but I had Jake go ahead and bed it. And it's just eliminating every single variable except me. So when I miss, it's, it's me for sure. Yeah. Which, which stock are you shooting? You shooting their brand new one they just come out with or which one? Yeah, the, the brand new one. So like I said, I was shooting a MPA and they've got that vertical grip. Um, so I thought maybe going to a foundation on the Centurion, they moved that grip farther forward and it's almost straight up and down if if not straight up and down so I figured that'd be an easier transition for me especially uh switching in the you know the last you know and towards the end of the season which I I wouldn't wouldn't recommend people doing (laughs) but I've I've done that two years in a row now so I think the Great Plains match where we were squatted together. You shooting your MPA up there, weren't you? Yeah, and the foundation was sitting in Jake's shop, and I just – I think Jake I had his. He was shooting yeah. his at the Great Plains, though, wasn't he? Yep, and he got he got his put together, and he, he was kind of playing with that weight kit like he talked about. We were getting it figured out, uh, putting weight in the rear, which it, it looks absolutely uh, great when he gets done, when he takes that epoxy and covers it all up and makes it look like it's supposed to be there. 
And uh, I, I just told him, I was like, I'm just going to wait. You know, I was already planning on missing a few matches from there on out. So it gave me an opportunity to get to get it put together. And we tinkered around with the weight system for probably two or three days to get it right. And uh, then, then I went and my first match was, was uh, this last weekend at Spear Point. So what, what do you have at weighing? I'm just curious now, what do you have at weighing in at? What's your, well, I, that MPA, it weighed, I, I, I imagine it was probably 27 or 28 pounds. I actually never oh, weighed it. Really? Yeah, it was, it was heavy, really too heavy because I, you know, Jake and I were talking, it was probably slowing me down because it was just that much weight to move around. Um, I think this foundation, I've got all of the holes in the fore end are filled with brass weights and there's weight in the back along with the area 419 weighted rail. So I think it's around probably 24. I haven't had it on scales. I feel like once you weigh it, it gets heavier. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Getting into the mental mindset there. But yeah, cool. Yeah, and you shot pretty good with it at Spear Point. I mean, it didn't hold you back, I don't think, you know. Yep, nope, not at all. Every everything I'd made mistakes on was a wind wind call or or um, bad timing on the the pumper he's got out there. So definitely not the rifle by any means. Yeah, yeah, that thing's a cool stage. I shot that that first first time he had it in any match this year. I was up there and shot. I was squatted with Beamer and Becca and Kaimig. Yeah, that was a pretty cool ordeal there. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very creative as for as far as match props and what we're shooting at for sure. Yeah, he's what, been at it a long time. I didn't even look at the deal because I wasn't going the uh, setup. But what do you have for the uh, time limit on that stage? Uh, it was a two minute time limit. It, it, mm -hmm. that, that match that I had gone, I don't, I wasn't sure if you were up there shooting it that match or not. Is that the one where he had ten seconds? And then you paused, and then the whole squad went again. You had another ten seconds. Yeah, we had ten or thirty seconds, but yeah, it was real short. Had you, but you did it, you did it twice, so you kind of got the the hang of it the first time. So yeah, that was that was his first time having it, and we were the first kind of match that dealt with it. Like, oh man, but yeah, he he sat down there and watched that state all day long. He said, that yeah, was, yep, man. that's right. He had fun with that one. That was, that was a real cool stage. I hadn't seen one like that before, so that was neat. But uh, here's what I was going to throw one in on. I'm going to try. Try to start asking majority of the guests, but what have you done? What have you bought new or something you're excited about? Uh, precision rifle based, like I mean, yours could be your your foundation that you was just talking about, but anything else since then that you bought that you're kind of pumped about? New gear, new whatever. Um, I mean, the foundation is probably the biggest change that I've made. Other, I mean, the impact. I've only had the, been running the impact for I mean, I guess a couple months, and that was. I really like that impact. I would, I would suggest if anybody's looking for a, you know, a custom action to take a very strong look at an impact. Um, they're just so smooth, so easy to run. Um, and it, I feel like it, it actually helps you slow down on stages, how smooth they are. Cause you can run that bolt smooth and slow and, you know, you're not jerking that, that gun around running your action. So, other than that, the foundation, I'm loving, loving the foundation. Uh, they look great, which was part of the reason that I, that I bought it. Um, the main things I've, I've actually bought here lately are actually for my reloading room. 
Um, I just got a primal rights competition cedar. So that, that thing is, it's a little pricey, but it's, it's definitely worth it. Um, my, my SD shrunk from having, um, very uniform primer seat depth, which I haven't done any testing on it yet by any means. I may do that this winter, but, uh, it, it sped up my reloading process for sure. Yeah. I saw, I've seen that one at Derek's. He's, yeah, I think pretty slick setup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I got an amp here. Um, I think it was, I think it was the Southwind I picked up a certificate. So thanks to, to annealing made perfect for that certificate. And I went ahead and bought the, the amp mate with it. So it'll be automated. I haven't had a chance to really use it yet, but it, it sure does look good sitting there on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you got a thousand pieces. You, you don't have to anneal for a little while, but yeah. Yeah. That's, that's part of the reason I did that is try to spread out the. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, I think I had 600 rounds for this BR, but yeah, if I put it off too long, then I do start dreading it. That was the yeah. only thing that I hated. That I was the same boat. I was like, oh, I'll just buy a bunch of it, and then I, I can spread it out. It'll last longer. Well, then I, I wait three or 400 rounds, like, oh, man, then I start dreading it. Yeah, it it's a process, and that's, that's another thing you pick up taking that precision reloading class as he talks about gear. Um, you know, I started out with the RCBS, you know, the um, Charge Master, and, you know, it – I probably doubled my speed in terms of, you know, dropping powder and reloading. So, I mean, it's just that much less time you have to sit in there um, doing that process. So that's, that's kind of the reason I've got that much money in, in that reloading room is, you know, work two jobs and got to spend some time with the wife. So. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I got a side gig other than the military. I do. Yeah. Derek brought up a good point in that class that, once you buy so much stuff, well, then you start buying more stuff. It's more expensive, but time is money. Like you start to, then you're starting to speed up your process, you know, just like you're talking yep. about. I've gone the same way. I get, got the A and D scale and, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to speed it up as much as I can. But it's like you're saying, the time you're spending away from the family, then they start getting upset and then you got to start spending more time with them, takes it off the reloading bench. So yeah, ends up getting to be spending, spending money, just trying to save time. So yep. Yep. So we'll get in some of these, some of these gear questions. If you still got a little bit more time. Yeah, no, I got all, all kinds of time. All right. So let's get into it. So gear question. So for a new shooter, what's the essential gear that they need to take to a match? So I want to try you know, make these episodes kind of a progress to get, get newer shooters in into it. So you got a new shooter. They're asking you for advice. What do they, what are things they must take as a minimum to a match? Well, obviously a rifle, but even if you're really trying to get in it and, and there's guys out there with spare rifles, if you, if you really wanted to get into it, you know, there's guys that will loan out a rifle. I know you were talking about at one point you, yep. you, had, so you used a loaner rifle. So um, if you come with a rifle, you know, that's, you know, that's what you've been practicing with. Bring that. Um, come, come with dope. I mean, that's, that's probably the, the single, probably the most important piece of information. If you have the ability to get dope on your rifle before a match and have accurate dope out to, let's just say a thousand yards, um, you're going to fare a lot better. Uh, you know, a scope, 
that they can dial, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, make sure that it's in mills because if you bring an MOA scope, everybody, well, I'd say 99% of the shooters at a, at a match you're going to go to are, are using mills. So you're trying, if you try to throw MOA in there, it, uh, it's going to be a little bit confusing. You know, if guys are, guys are talking wind, it's going to, you're going to have to try and convert that. So it'll make it that much more easy for you. If you can, if you have a, a scope that's in, in mills. So you don't have to bring anything fancy, come out and shoot. If you've got a bolt action, two, two, three, maybe 308, whatever you've got, come out, come out and start shooting. We can, we can get you bags. We can get you looking through glass, what to look for. Um, you know, you come to a match and there's tripods and spotting scopes and binoculars absolutely everywhere. And, uh, um, you don't have to have it all to begin with come out and use, use different bags. I mean, I, at one point I had every bag I think was available and I actually went through and cold a bunch of them, sold a bunch off. And, um, so bring, bring the very minimum, the basics and we'll get you started. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I was expecting you to say, but I don't think we can say it enough just because I've talked to folks like, well, I don't have a rifle. I don't have this. And like, like you had mentioned, I, I've had two of the, the best shooters in the KPRC loan me their rifles on different occasions and loan me the rifle, loan me ammo and obviously gave me the dope for the rifle, give it to me the night before and extra ammo. So I could go zero and make sure it was good for me. I could just get used to it. And yeah, like, they're going to loan you a rifle. If you've got your own rifle, then yeah, you need something you can, you can dial and dope. Even, even if you don't have perfect dope, if get with somebody that's got a, a, uh, lab radar or magneto speed, you get some numbers and then you can download for free, you know, some of the yeah. some apps that can hook you up and then we'll get you out there. Like it's, I'll be the first to admit it is boring to watch. Like if you, you can come out and watch, you can learn some stuff, but it is boring. Like you can't, hardly see the targets unless they're close, you know, 300, 400 yards, you might be able to see them get an impact, but it's boring to watch. You just got to dive in. And yeah. And most people say, you know, come on out to a match. At least you can watch and see if it's something you're interested in. I just say, go ahead and bring a rifle if you've got one and, and jump right in. Um, as long as you're, you know, you're, you're safe with the rifle. No one's going to have a problem helping you out all day long. So. Yeah. And that's, that's another good point is, I talked about that, that first and only national match I've shot and the, the squad I was squatted with and I didn't say a word to them. Yeah. You can't be shy. You got to speak up and at least let people know they'll give you, you know, they'll give you corrections on the clock. If you're a brand new shooter, at least for the KPRC, they will just, yep. that's the whole point. If you go out there and you hit nothing but dirt, then what are the chances you're going to come back? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hitting some steel, then the chances you coming back are, are pretty good, you know? So yeah, let them know that, that's your, your first year, your first match, whatever. And you're going to get more than enough help. Yeah, for sure. And the, the people inside the, the KPRC and even on the, you know, the PRS, the national level there, I haven't met a, a mean person yet. You know, if you, you want to introduce yourself to me, I'm sorry if I don't have the most pleasant face all the time. It's just kind of the way I am, but I'm, I'm not going to bite you. I promise. So uh, come up and introduce yourself and let's get you, get you shooting. Yeah. So that brings in what, what gear do you use? And the only reason I ask this is, you know, people, well, especially me as well. Like I want to shoot what's proven and what better shooters than me are using because they're obviously using it for a reason. So 
what gear are you using other than your rifle? What are you carrying from stage to stage? Well, I, I do have a tripod and a set of Vortex UHD. I think they're 18 by 56 are the big ones, binoculars. Um, a lot of people will say that's probably too much power. And I'm even starting to think it's too much power because most of the stages I shoot I'm from 12 to 15 power on my scope. So I'm looking at them through 18. And I think if I, if I tone my binoculars down and help with, you know, finding targets, you know, you're looking at kind of the same picture through all of it. Um, but my, my tripod isn't anything special. I actually uh, got it off of Steve Shelley. It was one of his older ones for a couple hundred bucks. So um, it's worked out well for me. Um, I use one bag. Um, I use a Schmedium Game Changer. Um, started out with a full-size Game Changer, and then I spiraled out of control. I had <laughs> sticky full-size and pint-size stickies and full-size wax canvas and uh, pint size wax canvas and I had all the wee bad bags at one point and um, I got that schmedium and it it checks all the boxes for me it's the right size to get the mag off of props um, and you know it, it works in every situation that I've come across so far I've only been running it um, since after the Punisher I think I got it the week after the Punisher so um, I actually took a little bit of sand out of it and made it a little more, a little more pliable, but um, it, uh, it, it, I really like that bag. I think it, I think it worked for about everybody. That's, that's what I was going to ask you. I started with a full size, a, a Conway lead edition, full size. Then I went to the pint size and now I got, I actually ended up getting hooked up with a, a Conway edition medium. I was going to ask you how much sand they come, they come pretty fluffed, like almost round. Yeah. Yeah. And I took, it was just a little, probably three or four inch tall Mason jar out of it is all I took out. And that just allowed it to form around, um, you know, barricades and, you know, pipes and two by fours and all the, the stuff we shoot off of just a little bit better. Um, as that bag stretches out, I may have to put sand back in it, but, uh, for right now it's, it's working pretty well. Yeah. That thing's, that thing's slick. It, it forms whatever you put it on and then you just, give your gun a little shake in it and it like it clamps onto your gun. Oh, yep. my God, slick. I was the same way. I've got bags sitting out in my deal. I probably ought to do a pay it forward and give some of them out. But yeah, I, I had just too many bags <laughs> as well. Yeah. That's what I thought I needed. Well now, yeah, I'm like you, I basically just run. And Derek told me the whole time that I've been shooting out there and he's been around just really all you need is one bag. Just get used to one bag, get good with yep. it. Yep. And he told me that, of course, there's a lot of things that Derek has told me that, and that's it goes back to what what would you tell a new shooter is, is find someone like Derek that's been doing it for a few years and don't don't try to reinvent the wheel if he tells you this is going to work everywhere it, it's probably going to work everywhere at least until you've got a couple years under your belt and then you can then you can start playing with things but I definitely went down I had 10 bags around and you know it it spiraled out a little bit out of control, but I'm back down to one bag now. So yeah, yeah, same. That's and that's what I think I've talked about on here before. I usually learn my lessons the hard way or the expensive way, and that was the expensive way. I bought five too many bags or five more bags than I needed, you know, and then you sell them for half price or whatever just to to clear them out. But yep, yep. There, there are any items that you bring? In fact, Jake at the Great Plains was a good example of this. Are there any items you bring and leave in your truck? Like I know some guys bring a spare rifle, 
Jake had that spare bolt and hooked up Ben that day, a great plant. So is there any spare stuff you, just in case something goes down? Um, I actually, I carry a set of fix it sticks, um, in my bag actually. So it's, so it's handy and that, that's got a, it's got a little torque driver deal with it. So, I mean, before, before a match, I mean, I can go through and check torques on everything if I choose to, I have never had anything come loose with the equipment I'm running. So I've got extra ear pro, um, a spare bolt. Um, which I probably ought to start throwing that in my bag, but I haven't had any issues yet. And then um, spare chamber flags in case someone needs one, or if I, I, I run a block, a mag block, but um, I always have four or five, you know, they get handed out at, at ranges. So I've got extra chamber flags around. So I don't, I don't carry a whole lot of extra stuff. Um, just, kind of worst case scenario with an extra bolt, especially, you know, going to a two day match down in Texas, like I did last February. It, it's just nice to have a little peace of mind knowing that if something happened, you could get it back up and running. So. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I, don't, I haven't, I have a spare bolt now and we'll start carrying with me, but just because I saw that, I was like, Oh man, if that happened to me, I would have been, especially being left hand, there's not a whole lot unless, you know, with a firing pin or something I could take out of somebody else that had a spare impact. But, I'm going to start doing that. I got some fix-it sticks. I carry extra ear pro, just the foamy ones, some extra batteries in case my ear pro or my Kestrel goes down. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. just yeah, some extra stuff. I think the majority of the people are carrying, you know, that extra stuff too. But it, like you'd said there, even if I didn't, wasn't carrying that stuff, well, like Jake come, come to the rescue. If someone's got it and they aren't using it, they're going to loan it to you. Yeah. Just, yeah. Sure. will. So that's about everything. Any shout outs, people you'd like to mention, sponsors, um, anybody else you'd like to mention to get the word out about who's helped you out? Well, uh, Jake at Sure Firearm Sales has definitely helped me out quite a bit here. Um, he's, I mean, he builds builds hammers, and I, I can't speak highly enough of the, of the rifles and the barrels that he does for me. Um, on top of that, I mean, any question I've got why something might be happening or uh, – this is going on. What do you, what do you think about that? He's, he's always right there. In fact, he's called me twice during this, this uh, podcast recording. So we talk on a daily basis for sure. But that's what I was going to, he said that you guys usually talk about every day, you know, so. Yeah, no, other than that, um, shout out to my wife. She, she puts up with me being gone about every weekend through, you know, a good, good eight, eight months of the year. Um, she deserves as, as, as much praise as everything, as anybody. Um, she helps me, helps me reload every once in a while for those big matches. When you got 250, 300 rounds that you're loading up, she'll mark the brass for me. So any little bit helps during that process. Um, you know, I, Derek Love, I'm, I'm sure he's tired of all the questions I shoot him on face, Facebook, but, um, he's always come up with an answer, you know, some way to help me get going in the right direction, at least, um, especially before Southwind, he really came through. So I didn't have to do load development. So, um, all the, all the guys at match grade precision are top notch guys, always willing to help out and answer questions you have. I, I can't imagine how I wouldn't want to see Derek's phone between text messages and Facebook. <laughs> messages. I've done the same thing. I've hit him up and it, 
I mean, really it takes him, he's always getting back within a day, if not hours or even minutes. Like I would, yeah. I guarantee he is one of the busiest guys asked yeah. questions because I've done the same thing and his, there's never like, I'll talk to him on the phone or what it's not, he's never answered like he's upset or like I'm bugging him. Like yep. he's just right there. He's, here's what you need go this route. And I don't even second guess it, run whatever he's telling me. And there yep. it goes. I'm, I'm set, you know? Yeah. I think there's a lot, there's a lot of folks, especially here, KPRC or around Kansas or Midwest that couldn't say thanks enough to him. Is he, he definitely hooked some people up. Um, one more shout out to all the, so I bought a Suburban when I started shooting heavy. So I load up all the rifle and all the rifles inside and we load up four guys at a time most, most weekends and go shoot. So shout out to all the battle wagon boys for the, the fun times to and to and from matches. So it uh, makes it quite a bit more enjoyable. Yeah. If you can go with a group of guys you get along with and shoot, shoot with. Yeah. That always makes it a lot more fun. Yeah. So any, anything you wanted to add, anything we didn't cover or you wanted to, to go back to that I didn't mention or that you wanted to add to? Um, I, I have one big thing here kind of, kind of underlined and that's, you know, going, going to your, your mindset going into a match. I just want to tell everybody to stay absolutely positive the whole match. Even if you're shooting like crap, stay positive. Um, you'd be amazed how that affects other people. If you, if you, uh, you know, have a bad stage and, and you can't keep your cool about it. Um, you know, just, stay positive. We're all out here to have fun. Nobody's making a million dollars a year shooting yet. So, um, stay positive and just keep telling yourself you can, you can hit every target because it's possible. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That metal, that metal mind piece is, is huge. And, you know, some people have some, some bad stages and you'll know, you know, leave them alone for the rest of the stage or whatever. But yeah, the majority of the people we shoot with it next stage, they're good to go and, and they're set. But, yeah, that mental mind piece. Well, you can really one one bad stage can can fold into three or four if you if you don't get it straight, you know, or or have a short memory is what I like to short memory. You know what happened over it, it's done with, and, and move on and make up for it, you know. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So let's let's see if you want to hang on here. I'm going to try to give this um, spot and scope away. I've been trying this pay it forward deal. I'm going to try one more time. And I don't know. I might just post it up on Facebook, see who needs it. It's <laughs> been a thorn in my side. Just trying to get rid of this thing. So, um, Oh, pay it forward. Last week was the Zermatt Arms Origin Cert. Robert, we talked about that. Robert won that. Of course, he hit me up right off the bat, so he's pretty pumped. In fact, he said that uh, he either had one of his actions. I think he's got one of his Remington 700s up with Jake. And yeah. he's going to be changing his order. He's going to be change it, try and get that origin. <laughs> yeah. That, like I said, he, uh, Beamer and I had talked about it. He had won the BT challenge, BNT challenge. So he got, he's got 300 bucks towards a, uh, bipod got picked early for the ROs. So he got an MDT chassis. Now he's got 50% off that act. Like I told him we were messaging back and forth. I told him he's going to play the lotto. He said he was going to go buy a ticket. So <laughs> <laughs> See if he what he comes back with, you know, if he, if he won big on that thing or not. Yeah, he's going to have a heck of a rifle. Yeah. He, yeah. 
Yeah, he's not going to have a whole lot into it. Yeah, he's going to have a real nice rifle. So let me get my random number generator up here. All right, so one to 20, and I've got a bunch of them red that hadn't hit it already. Let's see. Number three, Jake Sure. <laughs> I hope he's listening, especially especially you on here. You have to call him, tell him to at least listen. I'm trying to yeah. trying to make these guys listen to get it, but I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll answer up. I hope he'll he'll answer up. So oh yeah, he sure will. Give him a shot at it, and he can do what he will with it. Knowing Jake, he'll probably end up paying it forward or giving it to one of, one of his guys that that they don't have it. It's, I'm pretty sure he's got some good glass, but it's yeah. And I I think he he might end up doing that. So it's his to do do what he what he wishes with, other than sell it. That was my only that was my only piece. But any anything other than that? Do you have anything else to add after after we just hit that piece? Nope that's that's pretty much it. If you guys see me at a match, come up and introduce yourself. I'm I'm always willing to meet meet new people. So um, come out and shoot a match. All right, Greg. I appreciate you coming on. I really, thank you for coming on. It was I just hit you up earlier in the week, and you you're definitely down to do it. So I, I really appreciate that. A lot of good info on here for folks, and uh, definitely try and get squatted with you again if we get to any matches before the finale. Yeah, sounds good. All right, thanks, Greg. Yep, thank you. All right, bye.